0: (laughs) all right i'm just gonna start then okay Oh, I forgot. You didn't prepare anything. I was gonna do like a crib keeper intro, but I didn't write anything.
1: It's
2: hard because you're oh, well. just gonna rip off of him. That's well, he, true. He
1: called people kitties, so just include yeah. that, and Hello, you'll be good. Yeah, you'll yeah,
0: you'll be good. Oh, I think I think we're already going. I love all the stuff that's happening.
2: <laughs> 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 nope. nope. We're no, we're popping. No, just just do your normal. Okay. Hello
0: and welcome. Nope. I can't. I can't it's do the, a high pitched thing.
2: It's the hand gestures that are really selling it that I wish people could see.
0: They're flailing. <laughs> it's important to know that my arms are flailing. Hello and welcome to bad reception or dead reception. Since it's October and this is hashtag all the horror. Whether the critics buried it, or the audiences murdered it, or the network stabbed it with a hot poker in the eyeball, we're here to make the best of good TV today. This, today we're doing Tales from the Crypt. Uh, a show that is much beloved and did very well, went on for seven seasons, and is uh, a favorite of at least me and Morgan's, and we also have some guests with us today. Uh, Morgan is my co-host. Would you like to say hello? I was going
2: to say, do I get to introduce myself? Are you going to do a spooky I... intro? Well, I've been doing it. Wait, I
0: didn't do my spooky intro.
2: Oh, God. This is already and I am
0: Maniac Mike. And I... Throwing it to my
2: co-host. Jesus Christ. I am Morgan High Priestess of the podcast kitchen table hello goyles and boils Goils and boils? boils this is a totally different thing ghouls and boils or what up girlfriend <laughs> girlfriend nope Let's cut all this out. This
0: is going in the garbage. All right. With us today, we have two very amazing, awesome, special guests. I'm so excited to have them here. First, we got Rob from Movie Geek and Proud. How's it going, Rob? Hey,
1: hey, the token black guy is here. Hello, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Sean, unfortunately, could not make it, my co host, but I'm representing
0: Movie Geek and Proud tonight. Awesome. We are so happy to have you you here and also with us tonight we have trish from invasion of the remake hey trish hey,
2: hello
3: Whoa. kitties
2: <laughs> <laughs> see trish is my new co-host you're out yeah she's she much gets better
0: it. she's <laughs> much better than me amazing. amazing that's not fair that's not fair
3: <laughs> that's a <at> half volume <laughs>
0: Tonight, we're going to be doing uh, another joint ranking. Uh, we were originally just going to do each of our chop, top fives, our chop fives. That was a, uh, that was good. No, that was very good. Keep that.
2: That's perfect. No, keep it. It so was on purpose. It was
0: a mistake, but I, I worked out very well. Our
2: <laughs> chop fives. No, you can't do it, Michael. You just can't. <laughs>
0: Uh, but instead, we're going to be doing our joint rankings of the top 20 episodes of Tales from the Crypt. This is going to get crazy. We're going to oh. get into fights. We're going to all not be friends anymore by the end of this thing. And I, for some reason, that's a good thing. I'm not sure why. But uh, in, I guess in the vein of Tales from the Crypt, nothing can end well.
2: No, it never does. Yeah.
0: So... So so that's why we're doing it, if you were curious. Uh, I think the draft order tonight is going to go Morgan, then Rob, then Trish, and then I. Are we doing a snake draft? We didn't even talk about any of this stuff. Oh, my gosh. Does it wrap back around? I think... Or just do it normal.
2: Ooh. Well, the snake draft is going to be a little hard for you to manage because you're going to have to manage that. Let's just
0: do it normal. Let's
2: do it normies.
0: But you know what? This is not a competition. It really doesn't matter. We're just going to go...
2: I've said it once. One at a time. I'll say it again. (laughs) Life is a competition, but let's, let's do this in our, in our order.
0: Okay. Also, I feel like these episodes are so subjective. I was trying to think of like an objective top five. Like what would everybody pick?
2: I think there is an objective top five.
0: Oh, wow. Morgan already. We're
2: going to see at the end of this, if we could stay in that order.
0: Also, none of us have prepared for this. We have no idea what's going to happen. I don't know what to pick at number t- uh, whatever, 16, so I guess we'll just see what, what happens.
2: Yeah, this is going to be interesting. It's going to be crazy. So should we just kick it off?
0: We should do it. I think we should just put off all of the shenanigans and hoopla. <laughs> Let's just get the draft going. These people have been waiting. Let's go. Morgan, oh at number God. 20, Ooh. the 20th best episode of Tales from the Crypt.
2: Oh, my God. Uh, I think number 20... It's going to be an episode from season two. Oh,
0: okay.
1: it's
2: going to be directed by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Ah, yes. okay. Starring William Hickey. Uh, the Switch. Uh, this one's uh, pretty good. Uh, I mean, true to the classic comeuppets of your character, your your key character, being wanting something so bad and then realizing what he had all along was good enough. I think this one's a lot of fun. William Hickey is an older man who is old and lonely and very rich, but he is in love. He's so in love with the young, beautiful Kelly Preston. But she tells him she likes him, but she could never be with him because he's a gross old man. She specifically says because
3: his face is old. Yeah,
2: his his face is old. And then that's not all. But then
3: turns it to his body later.
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So this man goes through hoops to get what she would like and which what she would be pleased with my favorites okay, so okay so william hickey goes to this like mad scientist plastic surgeon in beverly hills and gets his face replaced uh by hans a beautiful man goes back that's not good enough because she wants you know his hands are gross i think is at one point so he gets his whole like his limbs switched mm-hmm. and then eventually it gets to the point where they're at the beach and And he's got skinny legs Oh, his skinny legs yeah (laughs) anyway at the very end who does kelly preston's character end up with the one with the money but with hans exactly (laughs) um yeah i i I just think it's it's again it's not like the most um shocking i don't know it it, but i just i i love the kind of back and forth and william hickey is amazing in it so i will say the switch at number 20
0: it's good. It's a good. Yes. Uh, it's a good lower pick because I, I do like it, but it's not like one of my favorites.
2: Also, the cold open's funny because Arnie's in there with the Crypty while Krpty's working yes. out. So.
1: so Kelly Preston and Arnold Schwarzenegger ended up in a movie together. The twin no, twins. Twins, right? Oh, that's right. Yes. So, yeah. So it worked out for everybody. Yes, it did.
2: Ivan Reitman, where are we going to get our? We're supposed to get our second, we're supposed to get triplets at some point. I don't That's think it's on, on IMTP for like the last Whoa. 10 years.
1: I'm totally down <laughs> for triplets. I can't wait. Morgan, we're burning time. This has okay, nothing to do nothing. with Tales from the Number grid.
2: 19, Rob. Oh, is it me next? Yeah. <laughs> it's you.
1: Oh, it's me. It's oh, okay, spooky. okay. Um, okay, so I'm gonna go all the way towards the end of the series. This is season seven. Wow.
0: I was not expecting to get any season seven yeah, episodes
1: in Yeah, no, I know, but you know what? One episode stood out to me and it's because of the big twist. It's season seven, episode ten,
0: about face. Does anybody know what this one is about?
2: about- Face. Honestly, oh,
0: I- I'm gonna be I'm gonna be totally honest and say that I don't think I've ever even finished season seven because it starts off so rocky. I just gave up on it. So. So according to Wiki,
1: this is apparently a part of the last season, it is about a priest who is super dirty, he's very corrupt, he sleeps with so many, so many women, and then apparently he finds out that he has two twin daughters. And so the daughters come, and they're like, you're my father, yada yada, and one of them is very sweet and angelic, and the other one has a little bit of a deformed sort of face, not really looking very you know nice but she at at the same time has a personality of a very sort of like evil sort of you know vibe to her right. and so they kind of throughout the episode they kind of switch off and it's like okay the good twins here and the bad twin is like oh i don't like you blah 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 turns out that um i i can't remember but i it, there's something about, like, the bad twin who is, like, very evil and she wants to, like, expose the priest. And so he decides that he wants to kill her because he doesn't like her. Yeah. But here's the thing. So there's this scene where the two twins are talking and the camera is so focused on their face so you don't see anything else. So at the end of the episode, the, the priest kills the bad twin and it turns out that when she's dying, the head runs Rotates all the way 180 and mm. the good twin is on the back side of her head. Yeah. Oh. Oh. So he killed So he killed both of them and he didn't know in the whole episode you think there are two separate people they're on the same body. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. It's
3: Victorian Manny faces.
2: It reminds me of another episode.
3: Well, don't say other episode. I'm not gonna
2: say what it's gonna be, but I'm sure it's gonna come up later on. But that yeah. I'll have to check that one out.
3: So
1: this one starred um Anthony Andrews um Anna Frill, who was the twin who played double roles, and another star called
0: Amelda Staunton. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've got. Excellent. I've I haven't seen it, so I can't say that I I don't know if I like it or not, but I'm gonna watch it's it. So good. And that's yeah, that's a good that's a good place to start.
3: Trish. Alright, so mine is actually a season 6, episode 8, uh, The Assassin. Okay. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Where you have this uh, little housewife who's at home, and then these people kind of invade her home and say they're waiting for her husband to come home because he used to be like this top secret agent, and they wanted to kill him, but the reason they found out there was some, that he was still alive is because like he had some really specific dental work, and they, that's how they managed to capture him. And so it's about her trying to avoid getting killed by these people. And then uh, do you get, are we, we're giving away the twist at the end. Yeah. Yeah. For sure.
1: Please, please. Full of
3: spoilers at the very end. uh, Yeah. The assassin isn't the husband. Uh, The assassin got a sex change, but kept his fun teeth and it's the wife that they've been trying to kill this whole time.
2: It's
0: It's a really fun twist on that one. Also, didn't even mention Corey Feldman I was gonna in say this Corey episode.
2: Feldman. <laughs> there is
0: so many cameos in this
1: episode. It's insane how many people are in this. I mean, even William Sadler, oh. like,
0: had... He introduced the episode yes. with the Crypt Keeper in this one. one. of the best Crypt Keeper uh, yeah. segments with him playing the death character, which is essentially just what he plays in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Oh,
3: it is, exactly. it is Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. That's exactly what it is.
0: Yeah. Oh,
1: I love that. I'm so glad this made the top 20. Just as an honor, just as a mention yes. this is great
3: oh it's so good and um, oh God I can't remember his name uh, him from Breaking Bad he, yeah, Jonathan, Jonathan banks it's kind of essentially this is like he was playing this character many years before of a fixer yeah he's <laughs>
0: he's basically just Mike from Breaking Bad
3: only he's an alcoholic and he wants to get to a meeting so he wants to get her hacked up in good time so he can make a meeting right.
0: That is that is a good one. That's a strong one. Thank you. Okay. Uh, I guess that, that makes it my turn. It's your turn. Um yeah, I really didn't I really didn't prepare for how we were gonna do this, so I'm gonna put one that wouldn't have made my list originally, but I do like very much. That's gonna be season three, episode five. It's called Top Billing, starring John Lovitz. Mm. Um, okay. Oh, I really enjoy this episode. Um, a lot of it comes from John Lovett's playing against type mm-hmm. as a serious actor, um, which I think he does very well. Um, it's also a f- it's also fun, uh, especially living in Hollywood and kind of having experienced some of those types of things
2: yeah or this that the that you know everyone knows that actor at least out here who's just like no it's about the craft i'm not gonna lower myself (laughs) to doing commercials it's not about commerce it's about i need to get my art out there
0: right and the ridiculous director who's just like obsessed with like the the most minute details and he thinks of it as being like oh that makes him a professional like he's he's he really loves the play and he wants to get the best
2: his directing of the Gravedigger. yeah
0: right so they're putting on a play of Hamlet. In this really like back back alley performance, but he really wants to get the part because it's a serious role. Mm-hmm. He wants to be he wants to play Hamlet. and it's John Lovett, so he can't normally get leading roles because he doesn't have the face. He doesn't have the face. He doesn't look like a leading man. Um, and yeah, specifically the face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and of course, has a wonderful twist ending in that he does end up getting the part, but not the part of Hamlet as he had suspected but the <laughs> yes. part of Norick. Who has, of course, been dead for 25 years before the play starts? Yorick. Yorick.
2: (laughs) Yorick. He knew him well. He knew him well, alas.
0: Uh, and so he plays the skull at the end of the, at the end of the
2: episode. <laughs> yeah.
3: So in.
0: amazing. So amazing. I love this.
3: I, I love the reveal at the ending where he comes to the door and sees all the slaughtered nurses and <laughs> orderlies. Yes. yes. So grim. It's amazing.
0: <laughs> right. We didn't mention that it was a, it was a being mental, put on by an escaped cr- mental institution. Yeah.
2: A crim- the, an institution for the criminally insane. Yeah, because you hear that that phone ringing throughout the entire episode. Right. And the payoff is great.
0: Yeah, it's a fun one. I really enjoy that one.
2: Hey, hey.
0: All right, Morgan, we are back. shit. We're back to you.
2: Oh, my God see the problem with this is <laughs> yeah it comes up real quick <laughs> because you got your top five curated real well and then you're like well i don't want to put that at number 16 but guess what i'm gonna have to put something at number 16
0: right and you're hoping that maybe somebody else will put it higher but you can't bank on it what if nobody else likes that oh, episode oh my
2: god uh okay i think we're gonna, i think we're gonna do an episode from season six episode one let the punishment fit the crime
0: oh too well. <laughs> i,
2: know, <laughs> I know i know but you know this is this is the game though. You want to get these these episodes that you love in. Yeah,
0: it's on the list.
2: And more importantly, it's not even about getting it in. It's about you being the one to get it in,
0: right? <laughs> um, <laughs>
2: this one's great. The incomparable Catherine O'Hara, of course, uh, is playing this shark of a lawyer. She gets a moving violation in this podunk town um, and is told that she has to go to court that day. And she gets a taste of her own. You know, ridiculous medicine. Uh, she gets put, put through the ringer in this courthouse. Um, Peter McNichols, of course, mm-hmm. great playing her lawyer. Her kind of uh, what's the word I want? Demure.
0: I mean, he's playing Peter, McNichol in he's playing Peter yeah. McNichols in
2: it, Uh yeah. lawyer who's trying to get her out of these tickets, but she has, she's getting put through the rigmarole of going from judge to judge to judge until finally she realizes that she's in purgatory. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I mean, really it's the performance that really sells it between uh, both her and Peter McNichols are, are stellar in this. Um, so yeah, let the punishment fit the crime.
0: Yeah, absolutely yeah. one of my favorites. So, I, f- I feel like we're going way too low on this I one. I
2: know but... it is. I know. <laughs> it's
0: okay. It's okay. It's on the list.
2: Ugh. <sighs> Rab number 15.
0: Oh,
1: it's me again. Oh. <laughs> okay, so... Keep surprising Let's you. just say that so far we have not overlapped. I haven't heard any episode from you guys yet. So, uh, let's see if this... You know um, Ruffle some Ruffles and Feathers. any feathers. <laughs> yes, muddy. exactly. So I'm going season five, mm. episode five.
0: Mm. This
1: is um people who
0: live in brass oh,
2: This
0: is this is top five for me, and probably if I'm being honest, top two. So
1: yes, way so too low, Rob. What is, are you doing? I what are no, you doing? Well, I'm I'm literally going in the top five that I have. This is number four and it's bill paxton um who is a brad duroff oh god this this Episode is amazing, Michael Lerner. So there are a set of brothers who are seeking revenge on an ice cream man who turned them in, got them in jail. They're trying to get back at um, this guy, and Bill Paxton apparently is obsessed with butter. I don't really remember the <laughs> super significance breaking? of yeah. it. Yeah. He lo- he just eats blocks of butter. Yeah,
3: he'll eat a pad of butter <laughs> yeah. like an ice cream cone, which is weird.
1: <laughs> so um the biggest thing for me on this is again the twist i just love how it ends they take revenge on this guy they want to steal some money from him and th- you know the ice cream man at one point just kind of comes into the room and he shoots him and he's dead and you're like oh what the hell what's happening but again at this ice cream truck his whole gimmick is that he has this puppet who is speaking on his own and it looks like that he's totally doing his own voice he's throwing it very well and you're like how is he doing that it's so amazing turns out that again another twin episode <laughs> well,
2: this is the one I was is, referencing yeah. I
1: know, yeah so um, it It turns out that the ice cream man has a conjoined twin, a literal full body of himself completely on the back of him, Mm -hmm. who has decided to take revenge on the um, brothers who have killed his brother. And this is how he's able to throw his voice and do the whole puppet trick. And I, I just find this to be so shocking because, you again, you just don't hear about these type of stories. And, you know, when you're a conjoined twin, what do you do? You make the best of it, and that's what they did. And it's like, what do you do after your twin dies? Yeah. Like, <laughs> my God, he's, he's like, I'm going to kill these people, and then I'm just going to continue what I do, even though I have a dead twin attached to me. like. <laughs> Uh, so good. Well,
3: conjoined twins come up come up a few times in Tales from the Crypt. For they sure. do, yeah. and I
1: swear this is my last
0: twin. <laughs> <laughs> top five. I,
1: I swear like it. to you. Just this Write it th-
3: out, Rob.
0: That's yeah, your thing. Just keep yeah. It going. <laughs> yeah,
3: like yeah. I, I can I can pick the rest of them if you're going twins. All right. right. We can just all name way. all twin episodes. Yeah, let's do right.
0: it um yeah i absolutely love that episode feel free for anybody if you want to jump in and talk about an episode that you didn't pick i think it's okay for us to mm-hmm. have yeah, a discussion for sure. yeah um i absolutely love bill paxton's performance in this he's so yes. slimy and so so awful but like in the lovable bill paxton way and of course brad dwarf is also like,
2: playing against type well kind of i mean he's playing... oh i guess he kind of is like a got kind of a billy vibe from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest in this, a little bit. Oh,
0: for Brad Dourif, yeah. Yeah.
3: A little bit, yeah.
2: Uh,
0: And he's great in it. I mean, the cast is great, but I love the style of this episode. It has this really cool, like, orange color to the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And it it feels a little bit different than every other Tales from the Crypt episode. It's sort of funny, but it's also, like, somewhat serious subject matter with like yes. I don't know, everything going on in it. And uh yeah, the twist is great. Anyway, yeah. this would have been higher for me, but Rob picked it at number whatever.
2: Mm-hmm. Good job, Rob. You picked <laughs> Thank it. You. Sorry. Sorry, sorry. No 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 no, no, no 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 This is this is the fun and it No,
3: it is not a problem at <laughs> yeah. all okay yeah so that was my one of mine has already been picked as well so
2: oh Ooh,
3: which one top billing oh uh, yeah, yeah oh, oh sorry okay.
0: yeah it is See a good Michael.
3: One. Oh no no worries i love that one it's great
0: uh and that brings us to trish so you're up and you can steal one from me now
3: all right <laughs> i don't know if this is a steal from anyone okay but um it's none but the lonely heart <gasps> okay all right all right which which i really like and it's 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 i don't know if it's so much the story itself but i love Frances sternhagen
2: yeah i love her
3: to death i'll watch her do anything and Treat Williams is really good in this episode. Like, I've seen him act, and sometimes I'm not that impressed, but he's good in this. Absolutely. Like, yeah. I love him. He's such a great scoundrel.
0: Yeah, he's very charming, but in that that gross way.
3: <laughs> that gross way, yes. But yeah, anyway, this guy, he seduces older women and then kills them for their money. And what's funny is he's, it appears he's doing it all in the same town, and nobody's <laughs> batting an eye. Yeah.
2: And he's not changing his name. He doesn't change nope. his name.
3: no. Nope. <laughs> not even once all these old ladies are dead and like they don't talk to each other. Like, I think there's gotta be a limited number of old rich ladies. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, great, uh, direction from Mr. Tom Hanks in this too. Yeah. Absolutely. Tom Hanks directs and this he...
1: one, uh, but I think he showed up in the episode somehow, he right? He does.
2: He, he, he works does. like
0: the it, video dating
1: service.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He gets a pretty awesome kill.
3: And there's so much, and there's just like the great comedic moments with the video dates, like as he's going through them. <laughs> To find the right video the right woman to scam again it's awesome there's like this little old lady who loves bowling and wwe oh, yeah, that's right she's amazing but yeah that's I, it's just such a it's a fun episode and it's sort of like it's sad and i sort of get why like at a certain point in your life you'd want more like you're still looking for a relationship and it could be you're like i i'm gonna die anyway i might as well just try and find some happiness
2: <laughs> yeah no for sure <laughs> And but it's also got uh, a spooky. I the, the come up at the end is kind of creepy, which mm-hmm. I, I appreciate. Those episodes where it actually feels atmospheric. That's a good one.
3: Yes, thank you. <laughs> Love that one.
0: Definitely, I, that is a good one. Okay, I guess it is up to me again. Um, okay, I would have. I would like to put this one higher, but it's a. It's definitely not going to be on anybody else's list. I don't think. Um, so I want to get that in here while we're still on the lower side of things it's going to be season 4 episode 10 maniac at large
3: yes i do. it's not on my list but it's great <laughs> this
0: is one of my this would have been my top 5 this is uh would have kicked off my top 5 but um it's a lesser known episode starring Blythe Danner also known as Gwyneth Paltrow's mom uh and she plays a mousy uh librarian who's like started working at this big library in new york or wherever it takes place maybe chicago i'm not sure and there's she finds out there's a killer on the loose she sees it in the newspaper and so she instantly starts getting paranoid about everything around her uh, assuming that everybody's the killer and being jumpy and then her boss like leaves her there after they shut down the library but there's a creepy dude left in there played by adam ant in a really really fun uh, over-the-top performance as a a, (laughs) like a creepy weird and she assumes it's this guy. Starts freaking out. Uh, she sees that the I think like the janitor's still there. She thinks that it's him. She starts jumping at everything. And then eventually, at the end, uh, she gets confronted by the uh, the lady who runs the library and kills her. And we figure out that she's the one that's been killing everybody with her neurosis of Ooh. like being afraid that everybody's trying to kill her. Yeah. she's actually been the killer the entire time um which is a great twist and i think Blythe danner is awesome in this episode um she plays it perfectly so that we never suspect her as being Mm -hmm. the killer and then when it's revealed she she does a turn that really makes it believable um so not not one of the bigger entries in the series but one that i really like it's a slow burn too takes a little while to take off uh, also Clarence Williams III is in it and I love him and he's awesome. He's great. <laughs> so and nice.
1: Blythe Thinner. Like, why not? You
0: know, she she's amazing. I'm sure she was
1: just fun to watch anyway. All right, moving right along. Oh.
0: Got Morgan.
2: Okay. Now it's getting now it's getting real, guys. Um boo. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> It's like, find, again, trying to find those ones where you're like, well, I love, I want this to get in, but it's not, it's not know, a number 12. Then, then
0: what's going to be left when we get to the top? This is going to be scary. So
2: that's why I'm, I'm going to leave my my more, like, my, my top three right. still out there, because I'm sure somebody's going to snag up at least two of them. So we're going to go with uh, Season 3, Episode 9, Undertaking Pallor. Ooh. Um, yes. This one breaks format a little bit. We kind of split from our kind of regular setup to found footage. Uh, And there's these ish kind of, uh, there's these young kids who are obsessed with horror films and they want to make their own horror film. Uh, We get a great uh, performance from a young Jason Marsden, who's this kind of tough kid. He's like, you want to see, make a real horror film. Let's go down to uh, the funeral home. Um, So they sneak in and they break in and we got a funeral director played by the, incredible John Glover. <laughs> he's amazing. Um, I love him so much. Yes. Um, and we slowly learn that John Glover is running this scheme where he's got the local pharmacist played by, uh, oh God, what is his name? Uh, Graham Jarvis, um, where he is purposefully murdering people through his prescriptions. Yeah. Um, and then that's giving business to John Glover and then John Glover giving cut, but not the cut he's supposed to be giving. Um, there's a great moment in this where he has, a librarian's body out on the uh, slab, yeah, like, cracked open, and he's eating a pizza just nonchalantly
0: <laughs> and chugging a Pepsi and chugging a Pepsi. Pepsi. Yep.
2: <laughs> um, and it's great. Anyway, these kids sleuth and and uh, catch it all on tape. Um, but I I think this one's just a lot of fun, and there's a great comeuppance at the end of this one as well. Yeah. undertaking pallor it reminds me uh <laughs> this
1: this is, gives me a very big goonies vibe yes, as well like yes. right. the kids
0: it's well, Jonathan of, got, Kwan, yeah. yeah Jonathan
2: yeah. Kwan's in it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: that it's a weird episode like Morgan was saying, because it's one of the few that takes place uh from the POV of a uh, of likable characters. Yeah,
2: it's it's a good it's, yes.
0: we're not we're not following the scumbag and then watching him get his comeuppance. We're watching it through the children who are essentially good except for extremely fat shaming their friend.
2: Yes. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh but also otherwise, breaking and entering into places. But
0: okay, yeah. they do a lot of bad stuff. But <laughs> you know what? For the most part they don't kill
2: anybody, so also Jason Marsden's haircut is criminal no I'm just kidding. Uh, okay Rob number 11. All
1: right so again you guys have not touched my top five yet so I'm just gonna keep going in order. this uh next one is going to be from season two episode 18. I believe this was the season finale of that season. It's the secret.
2: Yes. Interesting. Oh, I'm not even sure if
1: I remember this I don't this know this one. one. Yeah, so this was, um, I may have to look up some stars. But anyway, so this little boy gets uh, adopted by this very rich couple who um, just anonymously was just like, oh, we just want this little boy. He's cool. We'll adopt him. And um, they, very, they live a very rich life. But you start to notice that there's something odd about this couple. They keep feeding him junk food they want him to eat so and so much food just a lot of carbs sugars a lot of cakes and candies and they want to fatten him up so you kind of have your little you know suspicions (laughs) about what's going on i mean in season two (laughs) you should know what's going on they want to fatten him up and make him super sweet and fat because this couple wants to eat him and not only that This couple are vampires. They want to have the sweetest blood ever. So they have a uh, butler named Larry Drake, phenomenal actor. He actually has been doing this and working with this couple for a long time, but he's had it. He's done. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm sick of, you know, putting this these kids in danger so he tries to help him escape and he does so but he dies in the process but it turns out that this little boy has a little bit of secret of his own Um Uh-oh. when push comes to shove they're like chasing each other in the woods this, this, this vampire couple has got him in the corner and he's like well there's something you don't know about me and then he turns around and it Uh-oh. turns out that he's a werewolf yes And he gets the upper hand and he eats the couple of vampires and then he goes back (laughs) to the orphanage and he's like, things are going to change around here because he embraces the werewolf inside of him, which is something he's been dealing with as a kid. And I just love just the twist on, you know, just werewolves are always the underdog versus vampires. And I just love (laughs) the fact that the werewolf got the upper hand in this. So this makes my number 11. Are we at where are we at?
2: Yep, uh, number 11, 11. Oh, already
1: eleven. Wow. Nice.
2: Uh, I haven't seen this one, and it's now on my list. So it's I'm going to watch this so It's so good. Larry Drake is
3: really good in it.
0: He is very good in it. Also known as Doctor Giggles. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well,
3: you don't usually get to see him play like a kindly character, which I loved how he was in this.
0: I haven't seen this episode, but I like what you're saying about this episode in that it's one of the ones that goes into the supernatural. Uh, Tales from the Crypt, I would say like 90% sticks to just just bad guys, bad Mm -hmm. guys getting their comeuppance. Mm -hmm. Every once in a while, they surprise you with a supernatural element, and that's always really fun. Um, so this, I definitely have to check this one out. I've seen it, I'm sure at some point because i've definitely seen all of season two but need to revisit it obviously yes all right so that brings us to trish
3: all right now mine is a season three episode three episode called the trap oh
1: yes yes good one
3: and (laughs) this is the one with uh bruce mcgill terry gar and bruno kirby um terry gar is is married to bruce mcgill's character and he's, he's abusive and he's mean and he's lazy and he doesn't work and like he just gives her shit. So he gets like the grand idea that with life insurance he's going to fake his own death. With the help of his brother, he does. And the plan is that they pretend to cremate him while he goes down to South America to wait for it to be safe for him to come back so him and his wife can lead the high life. But when he comes back... Well, guess what? His wife is remarried to his brother, Bruno Kirby, <laughs> and they act like they don't they don't know who he is. Who is this stranger that showed up at their door pretending to be her dead ex-husband? And then there's a court case with Michael J. Fox playing the prosecutor. Oh yeah, because he directed just, this episode.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes, he did.
3: Exactly, yeah. It's just so amazing because they, they totally sell it and then his mom, his mother, because she lost her son and he was her favorite, she goes insane. So her testimony is completely useless, and he ends up going to the chair because his DNA was part of the crime scene, and they think that he was the person who killed himself.
0: Yes, <laughs> yes, it's I'm awesome on board with this one 100. It wasn't on my list, but it's definitely a good one. I was trying to remember his name because that's all
1: he was saying. And that was literally his last words is like, I'm Joe Palumo or something. His, his yeah. name is. And I just was like, damn, this guy. I'm, I am feel bad for the guy because he literally that's him. It's who he is. He's dying for nothing. <laughs> mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, he brought it on himself. Uh-huh.
3: Absolutely. Joe Paloma, I think it is. Joe Paloma.
0: Yes,
1: exactly.
2: Yeah.
0: Another good one.
2: Also, what happened to Terry Gar? Where's she at? What's she doing?
0: Oh God! I mean, it's Hollywood, so I'm sure she just aged out of
1: roles. Oh, that makes you
2: really, really sad. Yeah. I know. She's so last sad. time I saw
0: her was
1: "Mom and Dad Save the World." That's oh, pretty my much the last yeah. time I saw her. I mean, that's like mid '90s, so it's been a while.
3: I, I mean, know, but I maybe who
2: knows? Yeah. <laughs>
3: I I think there's been some health problems. I think that's part uh, of it. Yeah,
2: that makes mm. sense. Terry, if you're like, like she young. always
3: had that limp, which I think because she had polio when she was a kid.
2: Oh, oh wow! I don't think I've really, ever noticed that. Like, you remember
3: that. her? Oh yeah, watch a few movies with Terry Garr and there's like just the, an ever so much of a limp.
0: Hmm. Mm. I'll have to look out for that. For sure.
2: Michael, you got number nine, bro.
0: Oh man, I can't believe how quick it came. We're already like running out of spaces and I'm like, oh, I still have my yeah. four of my top five. I got to get in there. I'm I'm assuming that some of these are going to be taken by other people, I'm yeah, hoping. Yeah, for sure. So I'm going to go with another slightly more obscure one while we're still not quite at the top tier. Um, I'm going to go with uh season 2 episode 5 threes a crowd yes um this is maybe the most perfect example of the tales from the crypt formula um as far as like the ser- the more serious dark ones go the lead is played by uh Gap- Gavin Hurley Gavin Hurley yes and he's Herlihy, not somebody yes. that i know by name, but he's a character actor that pops up in a lot of stuff. Usually plays a bad guy, Mm -hmm. blonde hair, freckles. Um, He is so awesome and intense in this role. Um, He's one of the best, like just awful characters in any of the episodes. So basically (laughs) he, he suspects his wife is having an affair with his best friend because his best friend is wealthy and he keeps buying her clothes and and all this extravagant stuff that she, that he can't give her. And uh, also they used to have a relationship before him and his wife got together. Um, so he's very just like uh very paranoid about this relationship happening and over the course of the episode little things little hints keep dropping that they might be having an affair and so he keeps getting more and more upset about it more and more accusatory and just like becoming like a real shithead and just like just really acting out against them and they don't <laughs> they don't say anything no um they're they're like hey calm down man but uh, Eventually it leads to, to a point where he's like, all right, fuck you guys. You're having an affair. I hate you. I'm going to kill you. He shoots the one, he shoots his friend with a crossbow and then he like murders his wife like breaks down the door jack torrent style and like uh, strangles her with like her fancy underwear that he assumes she bought for uh, his best friend so he kills them and he drags them their bodies off into uh, a cabin nearby uh, that they had been renting and surprise it's a surprise party for him and that would be already funny well, funny, it would already be horrible. But on top of that, <laughs> it was a party to, to announce the birth, like that his wife was pregnant. So yep. he just murdered his best friend and his wife and his unborn child uh, because mm. because he's a paranoid douchebag. And
3: well, yeah, and part of the whole part of the story is he was also very he was feeling kind of emasculated because they couldn't get pregnant
0: right 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 sorry i did forget that key information but uh,
3: (laughs) so this is why it's truly ironic
0: right yeah that's a brutal ending and i really like i really like the whole episode it's a slow burn again but man that's a that's a good one with a great ending all right morgan we're back to you
2: oh my god oh my god number eight um all right i'm gonna get one of my favorites in now we're getting into that territory. God, do it. Absolute favorites. Uh, we're going to go with um, season two, episode six, television terror.
0: Wow. This is kind of low, I but would yes. think.
2: Well, I only have two more to go. Okay. Okay. And I have one definitely above this that I'm sure someone else is going to take. So we'll see how this goes. Um, but if not, I got it. Uh, so the stars Morton Downey Jr., who... The young people probably don't know who that is, but back in the day, he was a Jerry Springer-esque. Even Jerry Springer, Jesus, that's outdated. Um, he was a exploitative uh, talk show host, and he's, in this episode, is kind of playing himself. Um, he is... Uh, he's at this like dilapidated building. The house is supposedly haunted by this woman who'd like run a boarding house. And she butchered like a whole bunch of dudes there. And he's got like uh, a psychic on, on hand that he's going to exploit and try to like build up this whole kind of tabloid TV. Um, But he's a total dick to everyone. So not just in his approach to producing his show, he's a dick to his producer um, and basically to everyone on set. Um, so as he's going through the house, I love this episode because it does break formula a little bit where there is, again, you had brought up the supernatural thing, element, this actually does have supernatural, um, elements to it slowly by surely or slowly, but surely, uh, they realize that this house is actually haunted Mm -hmm. and he is pleading for help at one point and does not get the get the help because the network keeps calling in and saying like everything you're doing is great you got to keep the tape rolling that your ratings are going through the roof um so the guy who is has built a career off of exploiting ends up dying by exploitation i think this is the execution is really really great but i also feel like it's it's pretty spooky yeah so. it's
0: one of the scariest episodes i think yeah it's it's
2: really really effective so television terror
0: yeah i think that one is a favorite of a lot of people um i like it a lot certainly and uh it is weird because i don't know that there's any other tales from the crypt episode that has ghosts in it yeah that i can think of there might um, be
3: um lover come hack to me does have ghosts in it
0: okay well there's one more
2: Yeah, And I'm sure people will tweet at (laughs) us and be like, (laughs) with a list.
0: (laughs) It's rare. It's rare that ghosts play a role. But, okay, so...
3: Yeah, or haunted houses. Yeah. Oh, yeah,
2: for sure.
0: A little outside the norm, but uh, that is a good one. All right, Rob, Mm. we're back to you already. All right, so again, nobody's picked (laughs) my top five,
1: so I'm just going to go right in order. (laughs) Season five, episode one. Death of a salesman.
2: Or of death, some salesman. Salesman. death oh, of some salesman. Man, you took my number one, Rob. Oh, that was- I know <laughs> yeah. that I was gonna
1: like get some with one. this one. This is a very good one. So this stars the Like there's just no words for this man.
0: Ed Begley Jr. (laughs) Tim Curry. He he
1: pulls an Eddie Murphy playing three people of the same family: the father, the mother, and the daughter. Um, There is Ed Begley Jr. who is a salesman. He's sort of, I mean, I guess a con artist, but. Yeah, he just tries to, you know, sell vacuums, and he come upon this family, and he thinks he can swindle them. but it turns out that this couple has a daughter who is looking for a man, and push comes to shove, they sort of, like, force him to start this sort of, like, immediate relationship with her, and it's time for her to get married, and he's like, you're gonna marry my daughter, and blah blah blah, And, yeah, he just gets his comeuppance of just trying to play this family who clearly is not really having it. He just chose the wrong family. It's the wrong place at the wrong time. And, uh, yeah, I just think it's my number two because... There's just so many great performances in this one, and just the patience of editing and just getting Tim Curry to play three people, I just think it's awesome. And the makeup alone on just making him so – he's unrecognizable in in Uh almost all three characters. I just love it.
2: Yeah, I especially love him as Ma, because you genuinely feel yes, like that's an yeah. older woman. No, and I love, <laughs> yeah. this one is an example where the comeuppance fits the crime, because I think he, he's selling uh, cemetery plots, right? Yeah. Or, like, not really selling yeah. them. Yeah,
1: cemetery plots. Yeah. I said vacuums. I don't even know where I got no, that but, from, but, yes, cemetery plots. <laughs>
2: because at the very end, he had dug that up, which is essentially his own grave, and right. gets killed in it, which yeah. is pretty great. Yes.
1: And then Yvonne Carlo is in it from the monsters. Like, I mean, yes. Oh, yeah, that's a right. Genius. Uh-huh. Oh, she's the the woman. She was the first. She gets scammed at the beginning. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was, um, yeah, that was, um, yeah, the mom from the Monsters. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That is a great episode.
2: It's so good.
3: Tim Curry's performance, it's 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 a lot of makeup, but also a lot of it is just like his mannerisms and how he creates all those characters, it's even without like,
2: very distinct. Absolutely for sure. One thousand percent.
0: It's actually one of the only performances to be nominated for an Emmy in the whole series. So Oh, that's nice. awesome. Yeah, I mean,
1: he, he's always been this versatile actor who can pretty much do any character you give him. And this is a great example. So if Tales from the Crypt was ever to do an episode like this, they pick the great person and actor to to perform it absolutely. absolutely So well done
2: absolutely all right death of some salesmen off love the board
0: it. nobody else can take that
1: one. Oh my
2: god really good all <laughs> right trish number six okay this is me i didn't think i'd get this far i thought this
3: one would be taken by now but um it is a season one episode three
0: oh, dig that, that cat
3: yes. He's real gone <gasps>
0: another great one oh.
3: i love that one it's it's one of the few ones where it sort of it opens up he's in the coffin sort of narrating the story to mm-hmm. us Um, And this mad scientist, what he's done is he's given him, like, a cat gland, which apparently gives him, like, nine lives. So he decides to go into, like, the business of being, like, a sideshow performer where they kill him every night. And that's how he's trying to get all his money. Partway through, the assistant scams him and takes his money. So he has to go for, like, one big one at the end, which at which point you find out that he's miscounted.
0: Right, because he didn't count on the cat dying in the beginning.
3: Yeah, exactly. But it's it's really cool because they go through different areas where he he gets oh god he gets shot with an arrow he gets hung he gets electrocuted drowned um, he drowned. drowned yeah yeah the final one he's buried alive and he does waste one to get rid of the doctor because <laughs> he wants accident. to keep all the money
2: yeah ugh
0: Morgan do you want to talk about your feelings on Joey Oh Hanson my God this one? so
2: I. I have a huge crush on Joe Pantaleone and this, or No, <laughs> Wait, how do you say very it? Very
3: nice. Uh, but Yeah, there we go. I think.
2: Uh, Joey yeah, Pants. Joey Pants. I, I would just say Joey Pants. Yeah. Uh, there's oh, something yeah. about him in this episode that does it for me. I don't Morgan, know if that says I'm about a me. a very
1: confident guy. I am yeah, on he,
2: board. Yes, Right. Right? There's like, there's there's something, some sexy quality to them. There's something hot
3: there. I don't know what it is, but I like it. Yeah.
1: Now, do we believe in cats have nine lives?
2: (laughs) I know. I was like, uh, can we get Bill Nye or Neil deGrasse Tyson in on this?
0: It's a, it's obviously a stretch in this one. <laughs> it's very yeah. I mean, we gave Catwoman
1: nine lives. I was totally on board with that theory, but I mean, yeah, it's
0: you definitely have to forgive that one leap in
2: logic. Yeah,
0: yeah. That <laughs> there are exactly nine lives, and that that holds true for when you transfer a cat's brain into your brain, apparently.
2: Yeah. Uh, but it's it's got that like. I love this episode because it does have that over-the-top, very comic booky feel to it. It does feel like, oh, yeah. I guess, true to the comics. And, like, one. some
3: of the the visuals with, like, the camera work, especially when, the, oh, like, yes. he's getting shot by that kid. It's very weird and fisheye and surreal.
2: And, like, repetitive, too. They'll, like, show the shot and then real, show the shot real, again real quick and then go continue on with the story.
1: Now, aside from him, you know, running into, you know, a a cliff or whatnot to kill the doctor... I mean, there's not really a big comeuppance with this. Like, he took advantage of the gift that he was given, and it just... I, I just think it sucks. I, I don't think he <laughs> right. was an evil person. He just got greedy, but I mean, that wasn't from the get-go. He was a homeless man. The, you know, they came to him with this. I i, yeah. I don't know. It's just kind of yeah, sucks. Yeah, he didn't hurt anybody with yeah. it. No. Well, I mean, yeah. So a, for aside one. from well, that. Okay, so for the one guy. But yeah. I mean, like... Well, he was not yeah. an evil what, person from the start, and it just... I don't know. This is just one of those episodes where it's like damn damn really <laughs>
3: yeah well that's my ranking of this episode is high because it's it's brilliantly done that's what i love about it and like yeah. he is kind of he's he can be kind of very greedy but he is a kind of a likable anti-hero and yeah. he's sort of at the end you're like oh no when that cat's just standing on
2: the grave you're like ah, yeah, damn.
0: yeah, yeah. for sure it's a downer Okay, I guess that brings it to me. Oh, don't pick um, it, don't pick it, don't pick it. I
2: know we're now on that territory.
0: <laughs> I mean I I have a I have several left that I really want to go, and I am not sure what you guys are gonna pick, so this is where it gets really tricky. They're all pretty they're all pretty good, so I don't know what I don't know what to go with here. I'm gonna go with season five, episode three forever ambergris nice um this is starring roger daltrey from the who you know the actor that everyone likes um (laughs) and steve buscemi and it's it's a really it's a really fun episode that mostly makes the list because of the effects in it, which are I think the best in the entire series. Um they're really, really gross and cool. Um but the story follows uh, a wartime reporter, guy that, you know, takes pictures of the war, and he's kind of like aging out of being in fashion as a photographer, but Steve Buscemi is like the the hip young up and comer photographer, and all of his stuff's getting sold. Uh, so Roger Daltrey makes like friends with him, and then he meets his wife. And Steve Buscemi has a ridiculously attractive wife, which is fine. He could have an attractive mm-hmm. wife, but it is kind of amusing. Crude. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so basically, Roger Daltrey uh, becomes obsessed with his life, and is like, "Boy, I wish that I had his wife and his photography." So he decides, "Well, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna take that." So he tells Steve Buscemi when they're in a in a war torn country to to go do this uh photo shoot at this place that he knows has some sort of chemical that's gonna uh kill him and so he goes and he comes back and he's like oh i'm not feeling so good and then he like this like body just melts into like disgusting Whoa. gore effects Just yeah. awesome uh he goes back and is like oh hey your husband's dead and uh maybe we should get together and so she's like yeah let's do it and he's like sweet <laughs> And then uh turns out that he had sent her a po Steve Shemi sent her a postcard after he had been infected and she I guess she knew that he was infected and so she had sex with him to give him the same affliction that Steve Buscemi had so that they would all die together because she loved her husband so much that she was like, No, yes. I wanna kill you and that's that episode and it's really really fun but the number one thing about that episode is definitely the gore effects which are great very good
3: yeah very good. it's it's really it's, it's gross but you know we were discussing uh, dig that cat he's real gone mm-hmm. Um, this is sort of this is my other one like Steve Buscemi I have very weird conflicting feelings about him <laughs> he is, is there's fair. some no, instances he's He's super hot to me. I don't know why. And <laughs> in this episode, he really is. I get I get why she's with him. I'm like, I don't know. I would get me some Steve Buscemi if I could. <laughs> oh,
2: fair enough. Fair enough. That's awesome. Yeah. Don't you feel stupid, Mike? Listen, I'm not
3: attracted <laughs> to Steve
0: Buscemi, but, you know, hey, whatever.
2: <laughs> there's an appeal own. there. Yeah, there, no, he, it's the, there's, he has a charm to him. But Absolutely. He is, undeniable. I mean, he, is, he is, like, magnetic yeah. on screen. Like, obviously, yes. You got that gravitas. Oh, crap.
0: Morgan, is this your last pick?
2: This is my last pick, guys. Holy shit. And it's really disheartening. So my top five is already out. (laughs) Um, Oh, my God. Good choices.
0: Come
1: on. Make good choices. uh,
2: So number four uh, is going to be one that would be normally rated below Dig That Cat. He's already gone. But this is still uh, the tone of this is very similar to Dig That Cat. I am going to go with. Uh, where is it? Do oh. you even know? No, I do know. Uh, I'm gonna go with season four, episode 11, split personality.
0: Okay, Ooh. Yes. Ah, good, one, yes. good one, good one.
2: Okay, bringing, so, our,
0: bringing our twins back, bringing our twins yes. back. Yeah, know because
2: <laughs> I, I had this. Uh, I had this unlock. lock. Um, so Joey, Joey and Joe, Joey Pants and Mr. Joe Pesci giving us the same kind of not, I mean, I guess we just discussed that Joey Pants has, uh, He's a likable character. Right. Joe Pesci is a con man. Uh, he's a scumbag. He's, he's a scumbag. Yeah. Uh, he is a gambler and a grifter. Um, but he meets these absolutely beautiful uh, identical twins who he finds out um, that they are like heiresses to this million dollar fortune and that their greatest um, aspiration in life is to marry identical twins. And it just so happens that Joe Pesci has an identical twin. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. He doesn't really. (laughs) Well,
0: we know he doesn't. He doesn't. No,
2: he's he's conning them because what he wants to do is, uh, you know, take advantage of the situation and get access to those millions of dollars. So he poses as Vic and Jack. um, And it just so happens that they run a some sort of company in South Africa. So, so one, one of them has to be in South Africa while the other one's home and vice versa. So they switch on and off. Um, this is all going great for him for a while, but then he learns that the reason that these twins have their million dollar fortune is because they murdered, uh, their parents. They have no problem with murder. And once they find out that, uh, Vic is playing them, they decide to take their vengeance by literally splitting him in half and with the effects, a chainsaw with a chainsaw uh-huh. and the effects in this are great i love that last visual of the split between the two rooms with them both laying in bed with the one half of uh yeah. right. we can see
0: into both rooms we can
2: see into both rooms and you can see the one half of him and it like turns the camera turns to show the full view mm-hmm. of one of the twins just kind of caressing the side with his like exposed viscera and guts yeah, all pouring right. out on and the i bed.
0: like i like that the side pointed towards them is the gross innards. side yeah, but,
2: but they're yeah, yeah but they're lovingly just <laughs> uh i love it it's great but well, it, it just it's again a- Go ahead.
1: So he is obsessed with the number two. Like oh, the yeah, episode he's with starts the number two. Yes. with like two is the best number, and everything is all about duality and all this. So I mean, yeah, so good.
2: And he gets he gets his number two. He gets he literally yeah. gets to be yeah. two people. Um, but this is also done in the same over the top, uh, very comic booky. Uh, Right. Style. They're
0: just letting Joe Pesci go as over the top. Oh, yeah, no, he's like, just going. Mm-hmm. Like, remember Goodfellas? Off the wall. Yeah, that was that's a five comparison. We need, to this. You, we at need a you at five hundred. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. And I there's it, this is just me, but I remember watching this one. Now, when they cut him with the chainsaw, this is probably a very inappropriate question, but I have it. Uh, <laughs> How much accuracy do you think they're getting on the penis?
2: No, yeah, that's a thought that crossed my mind too. (laughs) (laughs) Like
3: a nut a piece, I can see how that'd be easy. But it's true; their precision
0: with the chainsaw is pretty surprising.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Now, (laughs) if
1: you guys all saw a tail, uh, like a hair piece, just on like a bed, (laughs) would you guys immediately know what was going on, or would you just be like, "Oh, there's a tail on the bed"? Well it's not the only tell. No, it's not the
2: only tell. It's he the has a sunburn. sunburn, yeah. With oh, one okay. spot that's that's not sunburned. Yeah, because right? the fell across his back. Yeah. Okay.
3: yeah, you can't have the same sunburn in the same spot. But yes, of course
2: I would. <laughs> because it's disgusting, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, guys, this is the final stretch. Well, I still have four Whoa.
0: and that means it's impossible for all of mine to get picked at this point. Mm-hmm. So all right, all let's right, see. Rob, Rob, what do you got? Yeah, my number one, which is what?
1: Wh- what are we at
2: your number three,
1: number three? God, this is such a perfect spot. I would love this to be number one, number one. But I'm glad that I'm able to make the top three with this season one, episode two, and all through the house.
2: Oh, yeah, yes. definitely a classic.
1: I love this episode so much, and I really wish that I could really express why this is my favorite of the entire series. But (laughs) it's so random. It is so random. There's no logic to this episode at all, except for you just picked the wrong time to do what you needed to do. But it involved (laughs) a woman who decided to get rid of her husband finally, after so long. She's having an affair. He, She's done with him. She takes a fire poker to his head. Merry Christmas, you son of a bitch. <laughs> um, yeah. This is the wife, I believe, of Richard Donner, who directed the episode. She was actually married to Robert Zemeckis. Robert Zemeckis, that's right. You're, you're correct. Uh, yes, Robert Zemeckis. And I love the fact that Robert Zemeckis directed this, for one. And um, so, yeah, yeah. Mary Ellen Trainer. So she kills her husband for the insurance money. Um, she has a man on the side. She's ready to get down. But here's the thing. She has a daughter. This daughter is obsessed with Santa and she and this is around Christmas time. She can't wait for Santa to show up. And while she has to get rid of the body, we find out that an insane man from an institution And an insane asylum has escaped wearing a Santa Claus outfit and she in this man is close by. And so she tries to pin the murder on him because of the circumstances. She needs to protect herself. She is aware that this man is roaming around the house and it's best to just be like, oh, he killed my husband. All through the madness, it turns out that when you lie to your kids, that will be the death of you. (laughs) Uh And so, Santa, for some reason, happens to get um, wind of the daughter. The daughter helps him up a ladder, which I still, to this day, don't understand how they were able to work that out. But after all (laughs) is said and done... She the, the murderer ends up in the house because the daughter lets Santa in. She just wants presents, and she just let an insane person come in with an axe, ready to murder the mom, naughty or nice. And then it just ends with this scream of all screams. It's mm-hmm. just the best come up it's not the best but I mean it's just just such justice and it just makes sense we don't know what happened to them or the daughter but I just this episode was fun Larry Drake plays the insane man which is a complete opposite from the butler he played before and like he's just amazing in this he's very comical there was a little bit of a horror comedy thing going on and I, I this episode was just fun
0: it was just such a fun episode to watch much. So totally yes. I, yeah. yeah I agree this is definitely one of the one of the top tier episodes of Tales. And this is
1: also a episode or a storyline that was in the original Tales from the Crypt movie. If yep. you guys remember there was only I think 4 or 5 tales this was one of the original stories.
0: Yeah. This one of the other ones got made into a uh, into an episode as well but it's not very good. Yeah. The Revenge is the Nuts which is yes. not as good as Blind Allies. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Well, this one, the original in the movie was Joan Collins, who killed her right, husband. That's well. right.
0: Yes, that's right. Also, that's a really fun movie, if you haven't seen it. Uh, that and Vault of Horror.
3: Yes. Oh, yes, Am- Vault Amicus. of Horror. Um, yeah. God, and I'm trying to remember the house that... Or,
0: I can't remember. Uh, the House that trip Blood.
3: Yes, that's brilliant. I love that one.
0: Also good. Also, uh, Asylum. Pretty much all of the Amicus Horth anthologies are great. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, Trish. Cool.
3: I didn't think my, I thought my number one would get picked by now. So I'm kind of jazzed that at least it's, it's this high on the list. Cause I really love this one. This is one I can watch again and again. And, Cause I just think it's just really well done mm-hmm. overall. Abra Cadaver, ah, uh,
0: yes. yes, yes, yes.
3: With Tony Goldwyn and Bo Bridges. It did get picked. Oh, did it?
0: No, no, no. I'm saying I, I'm, I'm relieved that that got picked.
3: Oh, okay, good. I was like, I, I was like, I thought I, <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't think anybody we, else got
0: it. But. I'm just, I'm just, I'm very <laughs> excited that I got picked, so that I can still pick another one for number one.
3: Nice, um, yeah, because it's just it's so well done, and just like the concept of it, where it's somebody who's getting kind of their come up and like throughout the show, but it's it's just you're experiencing it through him. You're doing his thoughts. You're sort of it's like all POV. Mm-hmm. And it's just... I just love how it's just so brilliantly done. Oh, yeah. And it would be terrifying, but it's its meant to terrify him and show him what they've done. And then the ending, he's kind of sad. He didn't mean to kill his brother. Right. Once he gives him that special serum that's supposed to make it seem like you're dead, but still keep the brain alive so that you can do long surgeries, which is a brilliant idea if it could actually be real, <laughs> if I'm honest. That's the other part of it that I really love about it, is this, if this technology could be real, <laughs> that'd be great. <laughs>
0: for sure yeah the i think that the concept is really terrifying because we don't know at first that he's not really dead so we just we just get this this moment in the episode where we think oh after you die you are still fully conscious and fully aware of pain and that's like the most terrifying thing that you can think of like oh my god what if like all of the corpses and things that we've been like uh you know sending to the funeral parlors have been uh feeling all of that the entire time that doesn't end up being what the case is but that's what he thinks and it's it's pretty terrifying. Yes. Also, it's uh, Tony Goldwyn, who is a fantastic underrated actor. Yeah, he's.
1: Really oh yeah,
3: good. and it's kind of funny uh, when you think about this one, where like it was ghost and Patrick Swayze right. was the person who was dead but still kind of <laughs> <True>. alive.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so they actually extended this story. Um, did you guys ever hear the movie Awake? I don't think so. Mm-mm.
3: I've heard of it. Yeah. Was that Christina Ricci?
1: This was 2007. This was Hayden Christensen and Jessica I- Alba. So Hayden oh. Christensen gets put into, like, I don't, I can't remember exactly why he ended up in this sort of vegetated state, but he was kind of knocked out, but he's very con- conscious of what's going on. He's completely awake, even though he's catatonic, and he, we get to hear his inner thoughts, and just this plot played out right in front of him, of people trying to, like, con him, or, or I I can't remember exactly what happened, but Yeah, we we get to see literally what happened in this episode of this man who is, you know, can't move, but is still conscious of what's going on, and he plays out this sort of con that's being played out, and he has to, you know, kind of communicate somehow to Jessica Alba, who is his girlfriend, that I'm still awake, but, you know, these people are deceiving you, and yada yada. So, I mean, yeah, this is a very common
0: story. Right. It's a good, it's a good horror mm-hmm. premise for sure, and it's done really yeah. well for Anna Tales from the Crypt. Mm-hmm. So that was a that was a great choice, Trish, and I'm glad you picked it. Yeah, narrows narrows Thanks. down my final <laughs> choice with the number one. Uh, but I still I still have three that didn't get picked, so uh, oh, wow. I will have to I'll have to sacrifice two, and I will go with the one that is probably my favorite of the three, uh, and that is season four episode six. What's cooking? No. Nah, yes. I knew so it. This, this episode stars <laughs> Christopher Reeve and uh, uh, several other people, but he's the, he's the owner of a uh, a squid based. Uh, (laughs) restaurant that surprisingly is not doing well because they focus entirely on squid Um, in roles, a drifter played by uh, Judd Nelson in a fantastically Mm -hmm. uh, sleazy performance. And he ends up Mm -hmm. convincing them. I'm not, I didn't rewatch this one, so I'm not really I'd have to be refreshing all the specifics, but in some way, he leads Christopher Reeve to believe that they should cook human meat. Um, and then as soon as they do, of course, sales boom. And, uh, and then I'm not sure if that the first time is meatloaf or not, but he, they, they end up coming in contact yeah. with meatloaf. Of course, the singer, actor, meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> and uh they chop him up good serve him and of course the as meatloaf the brilliant pun of meatloaf <laughs> well, being meatloaf. they make
3: meatloaf into steak you're right oh strangely right. enough
0: <laughs> and um and so the b- business is booming and uh yeah this is just a really fun episode the entire tone of this episode is always silly and almost like slapstick it's almost right? like a happy episode yeah. like um because Christopher Reeve is just so likable as the main character, um, but anyway, the twist at the end is that uh, Judd Nelson thinks that he's going to murder uh, Christopher Reeve, but it ends up that he because he has the gu- he takes the gun from the wife uh, mm-hmm. and thinks that he's going to kill him, but he knows that the gun isn't loaded because his wife never keeps his gun loaded. And so Judd Nelson gets his comeuppance and I'm sure that they serve him up as a delicious meal. Um But this is, this is honestly one of the most fun episodes of Tales from the Crypt. And I've seen it several, several times and always enjoy it thoroughly. <laughs> um So I, I have no problem putting it number one, despite the fact that I had to sacrifice two others.
3: Yeah,
0: We did it guys. Who were the other two. Um, if we want to start doing honorable mentions, I will say my two that did not make it are Cutting Cards, Season 2, Episode 3. Very good. Uh, I with love Lance that Sanderson, one. Yes. And uh, really fun escalating dares, uh, including one of my f- absolute favorite scenes in Tales from the Crypt, where they're playing Russian Roulette, which is already absurd that they would be playing Russian Roulette as a betting game. But that's how extreme they are in their <laughs> hatred for each other. And even though there's only one round that hasn't been fired, Lance Henriksen still puts it to, he- to his head and pulls the trigger because that's how committed he is to the to the game. Of course, the tr- the bullet doesn't go off because it's it ends up being a, a bad bullet. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he raises it to his temple, knowing full well that he is probably going <laughs> to kill himself, uh, that's a pretty that's a pretty badass moment. Um, there
3: is. I was just going to say, like, if you if you haven't, there's a British TV show called Cowards, and no. they have a sketch based around Russian Roulette that is dark and hilarious and well worth the watch.
0: Oh, I'll have to check mm-hmm. it out. That's great. Very good. It's really good. Uh, I'll save an I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys do some some honorable mentions, and if mine does still doesn't come up, then I'll give it my second <laughs> okay. one. Morgan, you got any honorable mentions?
2: Um, just because it's uh, gimmicky, uh, we can talk about you, murderer. Uh, mm-hmm. oh, I just good. like the I like the opening with uh, crypty being Forrest Gump <laughs> crypt based uh, Forrest Gump puns. It's ridiculous. Uh, Robert Zemeckis directs it um, hot off the tails of Forrest Gump. So we've got Humphrey Bogart in it, although he's been dead for whatever, 50 years by this point mm-hmm. or 40 years by this point. Um, mm-hmm. And it's very uh, uh, Bogarty. uh Storyline, uh, but the big thing is John is in it, Uh who's trying to double cross him, and his his uh, his performance is really really great. Anyway, so you murder,
0: yeah, fun one, but not really. My only problem with that episode is it's like not a horror story. It's
2: not at all, but
0: but it's on. fun. It's fun that they that they did their best with their '90s effects to recreate Humphrey Bogart Bart's being face, alive.
2: Which actually, yes, let's be let's be real, it's pretty frightening.
0: Yes, <laughs> it really is.
2: It's really unsettling.
0: Rob, you got any that didn't quite make it the cut? Oh,
1: I have so many. But if I had to announce one of them, um, this is a fun one. It wasn't really a horrific one, but it was for Crying Out Loud, Season 2, Episode 8. Uh, you have a man who decided to steal from a charity. He's at this rock concert, and Katie Segal is in <laughs> it. This is a great one. Yes, I yes. love this one. Katie Sagol is in it. He ends up killing her. And then all of a sudden you find out that there's this voice that is speaking to him within his head. And he thinks that everyone can hear this voice. So he doesn't want this voice like admitting that he just committed a murder. So he's trying his hardest to disguise the voice or making sure that nobody else hears it. And, like, there's even a scene where he's, like, sticking his ears with a ton of Q-tips to try and quiet it up. And, like, it's sort of a POV thing. So, like, everybody's looking at him. And, like, giving him this weird face, like, oh, what's up with this guy? And he thinks it's because they can hear the voice. But it turns out it's because he's got all these Q-tips in his ears. And they're like, dude, what's up with this guy? And so he eventually, on stage, admits to a murder. And he ends up going to the chair. And he just can't wait to kill himself because he's (laughs) tired of hearing this voice. But it's based on, like, having huge guilt. He's just so guilty for what he's done and his conscience got the best of them literally and i just love it it's just such a fun episode
3: and his conscience played by oh god who was it sam kennison ah, sam Kinison. that's yeah one. sam Kinison.
0: yes exactly yeah. so if you have sam sam Kinison screaming in your ears <laughs> yeah that's that's a good honorable <laughs> mention for me absolutely that is a great one I, I, I forgot to even put that one on my list but that, i like that yeah. episode yeah, uh, yeah.
2: trish
3: okay I have a couple but there's uh there's one I don't know why I really enjoy it but I just really do um halfway horrible with Clancy mm. Brown mm-hmm. where he comes up with that serum they, they go down to South America to do like a voodoo ceremony oh, and yeah, they actually yeah. end up sacrificing one of their own to get the secret to this serum that's a new preservative that he's launching in with his company and people all around him are like that were on that trip or are, are dying. And it's it's part of like how he, half of him is like just rotten, and that has to go. Like he's he's evil, but it's it, and then the ending with the reveal is brilliant. I loved it, and I like Clancy Brown, so it's good.
0: <laughs> awesome. Um, well, this just goes to show you how many amazing episodes there are in Tales from the Crypt because I, one of one of the ones that would have made my top five still hasn't been talked about. So I'm just gonna say. The Ventrolco's Dummy with Bobcat Goldthwaite and Don Rickles. Yes. I yes, absolutely... Yes, yes, yes. Love that episode. Uh it, so it, It's good. funny. It's gross. It's a little bit scary at times. Bobcat is completely unhinged. Don Rickles is completely unhinged, and it has the ridiculous but awesome payoff of Don Rickles having uh, yet another uh, conjoined yep. uh, sibling as, as doubling as his hand, which has been the the puppet the entire yeah. time.
3: I think if you were to pair episodes, you'd pair this one with People Who Live in Brass Horses, and yeah. it's yeah. the perfect exactly. match oh, for great. sure.
0: I mean, yeah. two of my favorites. I would love that pairing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do our, our favorite comeuppance. Before okay. we started recording, I asked everybody to come up with like a favorite comeuppance. Um, that isn't necessarily in one of your favorite episodes, but it can be. Uh, we could have already talked about it, but uh, we can just continue the same order, I guess, uh, and have Morgan start us off.
2: Uh, This episode hasn't been mentioned yet. Okay. Uh, Season three, episode one, split second. Uh, Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, So we've got uh, a waitress. It's all narrated from her point of view. She uh, meets this guy who runs a uh, logging camp and just in one night decides to marry this guy. (laughs) turns out that this gentleman is very abusive and she is very manipulative. Um, and the waitress decides to seduce one of the new loggers in camp and this sends her husband into a fury and beats the shit out of this guy. Um, this is, it's, this is absolutely fantastic. The whole episode ends with, uh, both the waitress and the guy in charge of the logging camp inside of these hollow out, uh, hollowed out stumps. Um, and the loggers have been building up to this logging, uh, contest to see who can chop down trees the fastest. Um, Mm. and this guy after just being beat up and has his head totally like ramshackled and blinded, uh, they end up like, don't they like, uh fix the the chainsaw to his hand because he can he can't even hold it up. Could be. Yeah, but yeah. he's like a fast uh cutter or logger or whatever. Right. And he's just yeah. hacking away at these people. Thinking that he's there. cutting down a tree. But he thinks he yeah, yeah, exactly. But the loggers have been sick and tired of being under the tyrannical rule of this guy, so they get to uh have their day in the sun. But I, I just I had... love
1: Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say, I think he had like a skill of cutting wood the fastest, even with an axe. And he was against using chainsaws or anything electronic. And then they were like, you need to just get used to using a chainsaw. You'll see that it's better. And then he's like, oh, I love this. And then that's when he's like cutting the guy. (laughs) <laughs> like getting mm-hmm. covered in blood. Yeah. <laughs> just a
2: visual of these yeah. people and these hollowed-out stump. Yeah, seeing yeah. the chainsaw coming towards their torsos is mm-hmm. so great.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That is a great up. That is a good sure. one. Yes.
3: I just keep wondering why, like, if once he got to, like, the wet meat in the middle, he'd be <laughs> like, you know, I've cut down a lot of trees and I've never gotten this wet doing
2: well, it. And even though they have, they have, like, rags in their mouths, so you'll, you'd will still would, hear them, yeah. like, screaming. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, so there are silly. leaps you have
0: to make in some yeah. of the episodes.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> this also, that I mean. might be why
0: it didn't make the top 20.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, I mean. <laughs> All right, Rob, favorite comeuppance.
1: Oh my God. I'm so glad this has not been picked. This is not one of the episodes we chose. It's season two, episode one, the season premiere. Dead right, starring James. Um, um Oh, what is his name? Tambor and oh, Jeffrey, De- Jeffrey. 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 I almost said James. Jeffrey Tambor and Demi Moore. My God. Demi Moore deserved. Everything she got in this episode. But what a twist. Like this episode was so brilliant on having this psychic give this woman her fortune and being told that once this man inherits so much money, he will die. Little does she know that the way that he inherits the money is because she gets a lot of money and dies herself. And that is when he dies because he murdered her. Such great performance from both parties. Demi Moore, I have never seen her so evil... And just the most horrible person who is just so thirsty for money. And, yeah, I mean, look, nobody deserves to die. I get it. But she, she treated this man like shit. And, yes, he was a slob. He was disgusting. And it really didn't make sense why anybody would want him. But at the end of the day, she screwed him over emotionally. And this man gave her what she needed to And and. I just, and this, in this psychic, she's like, I know all, I know what I'm doing. I know what I see. It always comes true. I just, it's brilliant. Brilliant. And she deserved every stab she got in the chest. Every stab.
3: And I think, but I don't know, like Jeffrey Tambor. Yeah. He was, it was not a good marriage, but my, I mean, like he had to know, like the whole thing is like, he kind of deserved it. And once she got married to him, like he didn't do anything he says he's got great prospects but i see none of that
1: yeah so like i think
3: him dying at the end is also like kind of that perfect
0: exactly
1: little
3: bit of come up exactly he wasn't
0: entirely innocent himself yeah,
1: yeah. I, I, just, I love
3: the psychic though with her dog Trotsky.
1: Exactly, <laughs> but I mean, just her immediately like, oh, I have money, so screw you, you're a fucking yeah. slob, I hate you, like screw you, bitch. Like, oh god, I just, I just love that she got what she deserved.
3: It's weird. There's a wonderful, like, kind of sub story here where she's looking to get married to get money, but ironically, the way that she gets it is on her own. Like, yeah. if she just sort of stayed the course and tried to like make her own way. She might've been fine.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
3: Like that's the problem.
0: <laughs> so good. <laughs> so good. All right. That's a, a good one. Trish.
3: That's me. Um, this one has been talked about. Right. Uh, and my favorite comeuppance is actually for forever. Ambergris.
0: Oh yeah. And mm-hmm.
3: I love the idea where she's like, she knows that this guy has ensured that her, her husband's dead. So what she does is she's like, oh no, I'll be taken. I'm, I'm, I'm heartbroken. I kind of want to die, but I am taking you with me in the worst possible way.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. It's so a great twist. Good. Very good.
3: The nose falling off though. Every time I watch it, ugh, like it just grosses me <laughs> out so much.
0: Very nasty. Yeah. The effects yes. of on that one. So good. Awesome. Okay. I guess that makes it my turn. Um, I'm not going to say that this is my absolute favorite comeuppance in the series, but the very first thing that I thought of, uh, when I, when I proposed that was an episode that is pretty mundane, pretty boilerplate. Not a whole lot happens in it outside of a normal Tales from the Crypt episode, but I really enjoy the twist at the end. Um, it is, uh, season six, episode 14, 99 and 44 100th percent pure horror. so this is a really dumb episode uh, and it's about it's about a lady who's an artist and she marries a guy basically so that she can be the artist for a uh shampoo company i guess and she uses her edgy artwork to sell shampoo or soap and she's cheating on him because she's an awful human being because of course it's tales from the crypt um basically she ends up killing her husband and he since he runs a soap factory she puts his body into the soap machine and turns him into soap mm-hmm. and while i don't know why she didn't just get rid of the soap uh <laughs> she brings it she brings it back to to her apartment and takes a shower because now she's all covered in blood from carrying the dead body everywhere and of course she's out of soap doesn't have any soap in the house <laughs> so she's like hey you know what i think i just brought a whole box of my husband's soap back and so she grabs a bar of soap, starts lathering up, and then she looks at the bar of soap, and inexplicably, there's an eyeball in it, and the eyeball is, like, looking around like it's still a conscious eyeball, uh. um, which makes no sense. No. And also, earlier in the episode, uh, the husband had mentioned that, the, that there's a reason why you can't just make soap out of any animal, because there are acids in your body that would be harmful for your skin. So, of course, she forgets that until the moment that her skin starts to uh, melt off in comical fashion, because there's no way that even if it was, (laughs) even if there was acid in there, that it would burn off all of her skin. But it does, and it's a really fun twist ending to a dumb episode, and I don't know why, but that's the one that stuck out to me.
3: (laughs) Well, and then she... She asks for a divorce, and part of what prompts her to kill him is she asks for a divorce, but then he shows pictures that he's having her tailed, and he he has proof that she's been cheating on him. Right. So she decides to kill him. That's what, and then I'm like going, okay, yeah, that's a bad idea. <laughs> All
0: right. People don't make good decisions in Tales from the Crypt episodes. That's no. for sure.
2: No, they don't.
3: No.
0: All right, Morgan, do we have anything else? You said you wanted to do...
2: I mean, this is something that if you guys want to participate in, we can cut this out uh, if, if not. Um, I usually do a Morgan's John Q's, which is I just po- propose a question on the spot and people have to come up with answers on the fly. Um, so...
0: Wait, so are we all answering or are you asking individual questions for everyone?
2: No, that'll be a general that everyone has to answer. In order? Or whatever. <laughs> um... <laughs> um because I haven't come up with a good uh, answer to this, so this is going to be really interesting. Uh, So, if you were to be a bad guy in a Tales from the Crypt episode, what kind of ironic ending would you want? Let's start with Mike.
0: Oh, my God. What would I want, or what would be cool for a Tales from the Crypt episode? That's
2: really what it is. We're we're saying, what what would you want from the audience point of view, Um, as a fan of the show?
0: I don't know. I do like um i do like there's kind of a theme in a lot of the episodes where like it's a public display okay um like the uh the episode that rob had talked about with the guy that was a rock promoter also the the cat one uh i can't remember any of the names
2: oh yeah that's good uh the uh dig <laughs>
0: dig that cat he's real cat. gone uh there's a, and there's like a circus one there's several of them that like the come up with comes in front of a, a large group and uh, i think that that would be a fun way to to like I I think that's a fun like twist where like everybody's looking at you and you know, oh man, like I'm, or even the one that I said, the, uh, the one where he, it's a surprise party and all of his friends see him. Like there's just something really satisfying about that ending to be like, not only only are you getting your comeuppance, but it's in front of like a ton of people. I don't know what the comeuppance would be. My head gets cut off.
2: Okay. Well, that's
0: because I was a, uh, collar salesman.
2: I don't know. Snore trish
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> um god okay what would i this is that's a hard question um yeah, just write a tale from the
0: crypt episode real quick
3: yeah, yeah well, okay right up go <laughs> well i well i kind of i definitely want sort of like an ironic ending like much yes. along the lines of the one with the, the soap one where but i mean i'd like it to be where like i intended to poison somebody but then i accidentally ingest the poison at the end
0: yeah it's a good one.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: And then they just watch me die. And then, I don't know, they, they leave with money. There's going to be money. There has to be money. It's a Tales <laughs> from the Crypt episode.
2: <laughs> Brad?
1: Okay, so, I don't know. I, I think right off the top of my head, I think it would be something of just, like, wrong place at the wrong time. You know, just... just observing something or, or just putting your nose into someone's business and just having it come back at you you know um just not necessarily witnessing a murder or anything but just like let's say you're a nosy neighbor who just <laughs> constantly is just viewing your neighbors all the time and then you just happen to see something that you shouldn't have seen and then push comes to shove like you just end up getting you know killed at the end or or getting your you know, come up, it's because you're just so nosy, like, you just have no other way of just entertaining yourself except for other people's drama, and you just get what you deserve, you know, and, and Mm -hmm. so I just, Mm -hmm. I kind of like that idea of just, like, you know, you are your own, Yeah, you know device to you dying and I I just I don't I find that kind of entertaining watching it outside in is just like if you would just mind your own goddamn business, you would be fine. You know, I
3: I have a weird proposal for that episode.
0: All
1: right. Um,
3: Say the neighbors making like snuff films and you find out about it because you've been watching through the window and then you become the subject of one of his snuff films. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, perfect example. Yeah, those are great examples. But yeah, I I had thought of like a story one time that I kind of thought was like would make a cool movie is that you know there's a serial killer who's out there murdering people and then of course a next door neighbor kind of witnesses this and they go over and they're just like let me check on the neighbors what's going on and then they are sort of there at the crime and they get pinned for it. Yeah. And but they're on the run, like they get away. They're just like, oh my god, we didn't do this, but we can't be seen here. But there's like evidence to say, like because they were so nosy, they just happen to be at the scene of the crime. <laughs> and the serial killers, like in the background, just watching them like squirm, even though he's the one who did it. I just, I just find that to be just kind of funny. That yes. you know, if they yeah. just said, just stayed, a, you know, just don't, just don't mess with people and what they're doing. It's kind of like a rear window <laughs> thing. Yeah,
2: it's exactly. just like mind your own business. you know so
1: i just think that's kind of funny
3: i'd love for their paranoia to be like okay every time you see a serial killer oh he was quiet kept to himself and because this neighbor doesn't you know answer any of their invitations he's quiet keeps to himself so that's why they're (laughs) suspicious of him
1: yeah exactly like how dare you not come to my party i need to figure out what's wrong with you and then it just ends up being their own demise i just think that's kind of funny
2: No, I agree with you. Similarly, I'm always for uh, maybe not necessarily your nosiness, but like your hubris. So that's why I I love top billing for that. It's just Mm -hmm. like if you just... Kind of recognized where you Are in life and just kind of accepted Certain things instead of pushing For like no I am I'm deserving Of this Mm -hmm. I should have this Coming my way joke answer uh, I have something like where the episode Would be called graded on the curve And then the bad guy gets like actually Grated with like a cheese grater (laughs) grater. (laughs) (laughs) So that has been Morgan's John Q's
0: Solid you had that loaded up
2: Yeah (laughs) Uh, Michael, what do we do now?
0: Okay, we'll we'll, we'll quickly go uh, and just do a favorite, or a not even a favorite, just one that you really enjoy, a guest performance. I'm saying that because I haven't chosen one. Um, Uh, I got one left and (laughs)
2: loaded, if you want to start.
0: So, yeah, Morgan, will start.
2: Okay, uh, just quickly, uh, the episode itself is not very good. It's actually pretty boring. Uh, Patricia Clarkson in Mute Witness to Murder. Her performance in this, first of all, is Patricia Mm -hmm. Clarkson, so she's amazing in everything, but She's so captivating and you can actually feel again, this is a rear window kind of situation. She witnesses her neighbor uh, who murders his wife um, and gets kind of thrown into this catatonic state um, and then finds out that the guy who committed the murder across the way is actually a doctor and not only just a doctor, but a psychiatric doctor and ends up having to be in charge of her care. And he realizes that she witnesses or she witnessed his murder. Um, again, just kind of a snore of an episode, but her, just the fear in her eyes the entire time is worth checking out. Uh, so Patricia Clarkson. That's very a good. One. One. She's, well, she's
1: a wonderful actress. So, Incredible. Yeah, very good. All
0: right, Rob, what do you got?
1: Okay, so for me, I am going to go with The New Arrival. So this was season four, episode seven. Zelda Rubinstein. Like... She is just brilliant in everything she does. She is the medium who helps out um, in the Poltergeist movies. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, she plays the mom of this disturbed child. And this psychiatrist who also has a TV show or a radio show decides to um, pick her as a client, but something to boost ratings. And once they get to their house, it's sort of like a Saw Ish sort of episode where the house is actually booby trapped throughout the place and there's these different ways of killing people, but I, I can't exactly remember like if the daughter was dead and back to life or a poltergeist, I can't remember exactly what was going on, but like the daughter had this sort of skeleton looking face. So I don't, I can't remember, but I mean, it was just this little girl in this like dress and the mask and just Zelda Rubenstein, just kind of being there. I just, I just love her performance in this. So it was
0: fun to just watch her be in this episode. Totally. I think David Warner in that episode is also awesome. David so. Warner. Exactly. Yep. Uh, okay. Trish.
3: All right, um, yeah, that's uh, like yeah, Zelda Rubenstein, great, I love it. Um, it's in that. There's a couple that have been picked, so I'm, I'm searching for another one right now. But um, I do like. La- I did find it. Uh, there's one guest appearance in Dead Weight. Um, with Whoopi Goldberg. Oh yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yes, like yes. That was priestess.
1: that was my next pick.
3: Yeah, because I mean, like it's Whoopi Goldberg, and she's like, "Well, I'm doing this to protect you," and you believe it because it's Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs>
2: <Right>. <laughs> and then you
3: find out at the end that she's gonna cut a head off.
0: Yeah, that, a that was a good one. one. um I'm gonna pick. Uh, it's not my favorite episode, but it's it's a it's an interesting episode from "Ezel Killia," um, which mm-hmm. is a horrible horrible title. But um, Tim Roth is the lead in it. And I absolutely love Tim Roth. And he plays a super intense character, um, super intense painter that can only paint masterpieces when he sees actual dead bodies. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a fun episode. But uh, the the caliber of Tim Roth's acting really brings up an otherwise sort of mediocre episode.
3: Yeah, and who's then there's the, that redheaded guy who was like the FDA in Ghostbusters. Yeah, William remember his name. Yeah. William Atherton's in that one and he's awesome in that too.
0: Yeah, so I think we've learned from this discussion that um that Tells from the Crypt has a lot of great episodes. So and, good. We could still keep talking about there are still more that we didn't even talk about that are great. Um, um, so yeah. this was really fun. I don't I have no idea what order we ended up putting all those episodes in. But we got <laughs> we got twenty good ones in there. Uh, this has been so much fun. Thanks for, thanks for coming on. Uh, Rob from Movie Geek and Proud and Trish from Invasion of the Remake.
2: Great podcasts. Listen, yes. listen, subscribe, listen.
0: Obviously, I assume you're already listening because of what are you doing with your life if you're not listening to these podcasts. Come
2: on, people. Crazy. <laughs> um,
0: but if you're not, definitely check them out. Uh, And if you're coming to us um, because you listen to them, thank you for checking us out. Uh, Hopefully we didn't annoy you too much. And uh, also follow all the hashtag, all the horror and follow at all the horror 18 on Twitter uh, to listen to all of the, all of our fellow podcasts that are doing, All month long, every single day of the, of the month, we got a new podcast coming out, including this one, obviously today. Um, every single other day is filled. Go back if you haven't listened to all those ones. Those are great. Uh, oh, and also listen to. The Good Evening Kitties podcast at uh,
1: uh, G.E.K. Podcast. Yes, their whole entire podcast is about Tales on the Crypt. If you love this show, this is the podcast you want to hear.
0: I'm sure they cover just about every single episode in order, if anything. Yeah, I think they're in like uh, the third season. Um, I've listened to a few episodes. They're really, really good. And yeah, she goes through like every single episode in order and goes through them and details everything so if we didn't cover the episode in depth enough for you
2: yeah definitely go, definitely
0: check out that i mean check them out anyway because
2: mm-hmm. it's great but, by the
0: um, way
1: because of the theme of your show bad reception right um, i don't think this is a horrible show but because you guys are so much in tv did you guys ever check out the animated saturday morning cartoon tv series tales from the cryptkeeper
0: I, I absolutely did. I watched it when I was a kid. Yeah, I me too. I love that cartoon so so much. Yeah, it's I so love, good. I love that it's just a watered down version of Tales from the Crypt, but like still uh, fairly effective, and it's it's fun. Yeah, I
1: mean, just their whole after school, you know, lessons and moral, you know, decisions and stuff like that. Like they do a bit their best to teach every kid a lesson with each story, but I just I just found that cartoon to be so much fun to watch. Even though it's just, you know, Saturday morning cartoon and they brought, you know, John Kesser back to be the Crypt Keeper. So I think that's amazing, too.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they also have the Vault Keeper and the Old Witch from the EC Comics as well, which are, exactly. are never featured in the, in the live action. So that's fun. Yeah. Um, They're also since since we're doing a little bit of trivia at the end there. Did you know there was a game show? There was a Tales from the Crypt game show in the '90s. I've never heard of this. No. Okay. So I have to talk about this because I, I found it and I was like, that cannot be a thing. So it is called Secrets of the Crypt Keeper's Haunted House. And if you're familiar with the show Legends of the Hidden Temple from Nickelodeon, oh yeah. yes, okay, it is Silver Monkey. It is essentially <laughs> it's essentially that mo- that uh, TV show except. Replace the whatever the host is of that show with the Crypt Keeper, and it has no tie in to Tales from the Crypt that I could tell. You can look it up on YouTube. It's basically just a normal kids' show where they have to do like physical challenges and stuff, but there's like, but it's like in a haunted house, wow. but they're just still like physical challenges, what? and then they have to do like trivia, but it's not like horror movie trivia, it's like normal, like kids' learning trivia, like these are the parts of the eyeball the cornea and the retina and <laughs> stuff. And you're like... <laughs> why? Uh, what, why is Crypty here? <laughs> why does, what does this have to do with anything? But yeah, I guess it was on Saturday mornings in the 90s, but I wow. I did not ever hear of that show. It
3: should have been Weird. something where it's, if they're getting through... In order to get all the way through the house, they have to make the right moral decision. And if they take the wrong turn, <laughs> then they get executed, like just pretend executed. Oh,
0: oh my God. the kids, The kids that made the wrong decisions on get television, they would just be so... <laughs> It would be so embarrassing if that was, like, your kid or if you were watching back and you are like, son of a bitch, why did you
1: choose
2: that? Oh, my God. Uh, I'm starting a GoFundMe. We're making this yeah, happen. Yeah.
0: Like, we have not raised our kid correctly.
3: <laughs> this little 10-year-old going, do you take the money or do you give it to the police? Take the money! <laughs> no!
0: Wrong, kid. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. Well, this has been so much fun. Uh, I think that's going to wrap up the episode. And I think that's gonna do it for us. Thanks to listening to Dead Reception. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Podbean, and pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed this show, please help spread the word by giving us a quick review on iTunes and sharing us with friends. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BadReception Pod. Tweet at us if you have a show you'd like us to watch. Links to our recommendations and more in the show notes. I'll some somewhere I'll post the top twenty so people can see it. Um you can email us at bad reception. I'm sorry, at pod at gmail.com. And today we had a Rob from Movie Geek and Proud. You want to do a sign-off, Rob? Um, yes. Uh, come and listen
1: to our fun and energetic show. Um, you'll you'll just listen to the reviews of just some of the quirkiest movies you just forgot
0: you knew you loved and needed <laughs> in your life. So that is our show. Awesome. <laughs> Also, I like that your tagline is "There's at least every movie has at least one fan." Exactly. Yes, I solely believe that. <laughs> Testing that theory daily, but yeah, may, I, I think you're probably right. Yes, <laughs> I,
3: I you are absolutely right because I have we have evidence of that on our podcast with a movie called um, what Hi- Hard Rock Zombies. Um, Ooh, that is a yeah. bad
0: movie. I mean, it's it's fun because it's terrible, but yikes, that's a really bad one. Well, mm-hmm. oh, it's
3: terrible, and there is a fan. So, there you go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That guy also made a movie called Rock and Roll Nightmare, which is also really bad and really funny. Uh, Just a heads up on that one. And thank you so much, Trish, for being here. You want to give us a sign-off?
3: Yeah. um, Yeah, if you want to listen to Invasion of the Remake, we're basically on all the the favorite podcatchers. Basically, if you aren't listening to us, you are actively hiding from us um <laughs> <laughs> we are an invasion um we'll we alternate the remakes that we compare we do re- remake comparisons and alternate that with weeks where we remake movies that probably should be remade so come and listen to uh, sam jason and i as we break it down and uh, do some comparisons and have a lot of fun doing it
0: all awesome. right um okay so for the podcast I've been Mike. I've been Morgan. And that's the end of the podcast. Back you. Bye bye.